the big thing that I harp to my entire team is that there's only two things really that you can control, and that's your attitude and your activity. Yep. And as long as your attitude's good and you're ramping up that activity and doing everything you can, good things tend to result. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I circle back to is that I'm in this unique position being younger in the position I'm in, but I'm also setting the stage for the balance of my career. Yeah. And it's, it's an exciting time to be doing that. You are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. Hey there, listeners. Scott Brown here coming to you from Studio 75 at Enclave Learning and Earning Center in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. We gathered here on November 17th, 2021 to hear from Joey Bardos, president of FPE Automation, And let me just warn you, there is a lot of positive energy on this episode. Joey shares with us his journey from working at the business in various capacities during summer breaks to his eventual eventual climb to company president. Listen in as Joey and I discuss automation, leadership, and of course, thinking about thinking. Uh, introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background for for the listeners. Sure. My name is Joey Bardos. I'm the president of FPE Automation. We are located here in Elk Grove Village with offices also in St. Louis area, Sunset Hills, Missouri. I've been involved with FPE my whole life, technically, but officially for the past 12 years, uh, seen every aspect of our company, but have settled into the role as president as recent as June of this year. So, uh, yeah, heavily involved in the day-to-day operations and sales aspect of our business. But it didn't start that way. No. Tell no. us a little bit about your journey kind of moving up through the sure. company. Yeah, I mean, I had you know summer jobs in high school. I'd come work in the shipping department, work in uh, customer service where I could help. I would file catalogs when I was five years old, going as far back as that. Yep. But when I graduated, I thought it was important to learn every aspect of the business, why it all works together, how it all works together, how each is important in its own right. So I uh, started out in inside sales, customer service, answering phones, fulfilling orders, Worked my way into the outside sales group, had a geographic territory and a list of accounts that I called on as an outside salesperson. Mm -hmm. Uh, Took a role as director of sales, which was more uh, coordinating with our vendors and suppliers and communicating back and forth to get me used to that level of relationship. Uh, Took over as the, the sales manager of the company from there. And then was just thrust into the president position. Uh, my dad looking to spend a little more time away from the uh, business and get me more involved in the day-to-day. So I've taken on that role this year. And it's been really rewarding, especially in a growth year and in a growth technology that we're in. So. No doubt. I And I we couldn't do this podcast. you got to tell the story of how you sure. became president. Yeah. Uh, it, it really, I mean, my dad's pretty young for, for as long as he's been in the business. He's younger than 60 years old, really no uh, interest in retiring, at least to my knowledge. But, um, you know, I was at his office one day, normal day. We spend a lot of time together as we both work very closely with our customers, our people and our suppliers. So pretty typical day, uh, nothing special to it, unique in his office. I walked down later in the afternoon after we finished a couple meetings, sat down at my desk, two doors down, 
just going through my emails and my dad calls me on my cell phone, just think he was talking about something we talked about earlier, but he goes, your phone's about to go nuts in a couple minutes here. And I'm like, okay. And he hangs up on me and I'm like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> sure enough, an email hits the inbox announcing me as president of the company to our suppliers, our vendors, our, our customers and our employees. And I was like, getting congratulations. Here we go. Like, wow, here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, everyone's like, wow. So how long has this been in the works? I'm like, uh, as far as I know, two minutes ago. So right. I had no idea this was coming, but I think his, his intent there was to say like, Hey, you're only a, as ready as you'll ever be. Right. So, uh, learn how to do that and adapt and learn. I'm here for you. If you need me, I'm not going anywhere. It's not like he was packing up his things as he did it. So, right. uh, I got a trusted advisor and my aunt and my dad who I work with daily, who are the owners of the company. And so it's not like the comfort level is still there, but it was also like, Hey, it's time to do this. And here you go. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting, unique way to do it, but definitely got me going quick. <laughs> it makes for a great story. It sure does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Joe, you, you talked about, and I think we, it's, it'd be valuable to kind of dissect this a little bit about, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me, I'm in sales as well. Yeah. So we got to make sure this podcast doesn't go for four hours. You and I could probably <laughs> oh, we like to hear our voices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, you had mentioned about how, uh, for a long time, the salespeople kind of viewed their territory as their own business. Right. And you went from, um, P to P to B to B. Dive into that first sure. a little bit. Um, and I don't think this was a result of anything other than it was the perceived way of how to do things. So the way our company was founded, like a lot of other distributors, was you would take a group of product lines, hire a bunch of salespeople, cover as much ground as you could. So we had people covering different areas of geography within our territory. Um, and we have defined sales tor- territories by a lot of our manufacturers. And I think what happened is, as that happens, is... You got a lot of independent contractors, so to speak, they th- or they think that way, whereas their customers are looked at as their customers. They develop the relationships there. They sell the products there. And there was very little interaction in the form of collaboration because salespeople, as you know, being a salesperson, there's some ego involved in no that. Doubt. And, yeah. and you don't want people to come in and potentially mess up what you've worked so hard to get. Yep. But um, that was just a philosophical mindset. It wasn't necessarily the way things had to be. Yep. And seeing the way things were going um, away from that P2P, which is person to person, to B2B, which is more like going online and just finding something that you need and getting it. Yep. Um, we saw that as a threat. And, and in order to circumvent that threat, I thought, you know, how can we be better suited to solve problems for our customers? And the way to do that, especially with the higher tech sector that we're in, mm-hmm. was to have levels of support behind it. Yep. So. You know, if you came, if you were a customer and you came to see me or I came to see you and you were asking me questions that I didn't have the answer to, well, that would involve another sales call because I'd have to bring an expert in to do that. But now if we work together and I bring the experts in on the first call or someone who has knowledge in that space on the first call, it cuts down the sales cycle, but it also shortens the time for the person to get the answer they're really looking for. So changing that mindset and being more of a resource and trusted advisor to our customer through teamwork and expanding our our footprint from an uh, application engineering standpoint changed the way we thought about it and realized we kind of all leaned on each other and our ex- various expertises to be better at what we do. I love that. I, I'm in software sales. Sure. Um, and I sell to technical professionals and have for many yeah. years now. And I feel so much better when I have a technical resource with yeah. me. And, and to your point, blanket. like, yeah. I mean, also to the client, like outside of the fact of, hey, let's do some discovery like as a salesperson and then the next step is to get technical. Like mm-hmm. 
there's definitely going to be some folks who would rather just dive right into that yeah. on the first one, right? It, it gives you instant credibility, right? Yeah. And and then, you know, I, I came from a marketing and business background. I'm by no means an engineer, let alone a robotics, automation right. engineer, electrical engineer. So if there are questions that I was afraid to answer, I got that security blanket right there with me to say, hey, what's the answer to that question? Yep. Instead of saying, uh, writing down a bunch of questions saying, okay, I'll get back to you. I mean, yep. that doesn't necessarily give a customer the warm fuzzies that they're dealing with the right people. Yep. But when you can be the harbinger of the relationship, relationship and then bring in the trusted advisors it shows there's a team behind what we do and we're not all on an island yeah yeah that's awesome man thank you for sharing so let's get into automation right everybody hears about it talks about it a little bit of a hot topic um you talked about especially with right now like the climate for Mm -hmm. automation yeah can you dive into that a little bit yeah so i mean we've probably been in the high tech sector i talked about in my presentation earlier we've been doing the higher tech stuff since 2001 and it kind of was slow to creep we would get into it and get involved in a few large projects but over the past five six years it's accelerated to a level that we never could have imagined especially this quickly but the climate now with COVID and the way things have changed from a labor shortage aspect has just accelerated that into warp speed. We were spending our time planting a lot of seeds with smaller companies, trying to get them to, to realize that the barriers to automation were decreasing. And unfortunately, it took a lot of them to have bad things happen where they couldn't find workers or they were getting out-competed uh, at jobs by customers who had automation, were able to create and produce more efficiently. So we it's really accelerated for us because we were really good at planting all the seeds, but how to get them to close was, was a tougher uh, sell, so to speak. Yep. But um, we've been able to reduce a lot of these barriers to automation because the prices come down quite tremendously. Um, and we're addressing these labor shortages by saying to these customers, I know you might not have a robotics engineer on staff, but we can help you implement this automation. So we're really becoming consultants to these customers. They'll bring us in and they might not know exactly what they need, but they'll say, hey, you know, I need someone that can package XYZ number of boxes in a certain amount of time in order to meet my quota. We take it from there and we come up with a solution that fits their needs. So um, the automation world has always been there, but it's ramping up at a level we've never seen. And it has to do with the external factors that I talked about earlier, like COVID, like the labor shortage, like increased competition, like supply chain issues. So uh, the market for it's hot, but understanding the customer's needs is still the most important aspect of it. You talk about um, automation not replacing folks' jobs. You yeah. said something tonight during the Q and A with uh, Jeff Taylor of Crafts Technology, and you know just about we are coming alongside to work with you. Yeah, share share a little bit about. Yeah, that. so uniquely we represent a company called Universal Robots, and they're the leader and one of the first manufacturers of collaborative robotics, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a unique product. We do sell industrial robots as well, but collaborative robots have built-in safety features within them that they're able to work side-by-side with humans without necessarily needing safety guarding. It's incredible. So, yeah, it really is. So when you think about what you see maybe in commercials, when you see a GM or a Ford commercial and it shows their process of building a car, you see these gigantic warehouse-sized robots picking up these large chassis and, and doing things like that, and there's a lot of barriers to get that that in there because you need the footprint, you need the guarding and safety to make sure these things don't kill someone in, in the event of something going catastrophically wrong. Yep. These arms that we have from a collaborative robot standpoint, you can insert them and implement them right on the line next to people to do tasks that may be, you know, from an ergonomic standpoint, unsafe right. or unsafe in picking up sharp objects, things like that. So, you know, we talk about replacing people a lot as one of the fears of automation, but what we're really able to do is put these cobots into these dull, dirty, and dangerous applications or menial tasks and allow people to be free to do the tasks that humans need to do. Yeah. So 
in my time selling robotics and being involved in automation solutions, very rarely, if ever, does the thought of replacing people ever cross the mind. It's more like, I need some, something to fix this problem. Yep. How can I do that? Yep. And it's never usually replacing someone because if someone's there and doing a good job of it, we wouldn't be talking about automation. But if there's also tasks that need more attention, we're able to free that up that we can move somebody into a more critical role in an organization. So that's one of the fears people have, but it's something that we're able to alleviate because you see how it works. Yeah, it, no it doubt. Does that, yeah. That's amazing. So let's let's shift to you, Joey. You're sure. you're an energetic guy, and I can <laughs> I can tell um, that you're not putting on a show by any means. Like this is just kind of who you Appreciate are. Appreciate that. Yeah. And um, you know that's important, I think, for entrepreneurs to really kind of. Um, John talks about uh, John Dallas, the CEO of Enclave. Now, since the beginning, it's really talked about kind of just that that natural energy um, that entrepreneurs kind of bring to the table. So as you kind of just reflect on your journey and, you know, obviously you're the president of the company yeah. now, like what would be just some of your advice to some some folks that want to be an entrepreneur, want to run, you know, the business sure. and, and those kind of things? That's, that's a good question. And thank you for bringing up the energy level. I will actually say that um, over the past 18 months, despite everything going on with the pandemic, this is the most energized I've been with what we do. I've seen the most out of our people I've ever seen. I've seen taking, you know, situations that would be viewed as kind of crappy, so to speak, sure. and turning them into good ones. Um, you know, I mentioned in my talk about the pandemic and we were able to use our training center. Could think of that. We opened it in winter of 2019 and then in March 2020, the pandemic hits and everything shuts down. Unreal. We could have sat and been like, well, we just spent all this money investing in these two training centers. Now we can't even have people in them. Instead, we were like, how can we use this to our advantage? Right. So we did virtual tours in our training center. We were uh, filming videos of, of how we can... Um, do things that customers would normally need us to come on their floor and do them within our own facility, filming tech assist videos, just finding out ways to be um, more efficient in our, in our own right, but also help our customers be better despite not being able to physically see them, which is how, you know, the sausage is made. So to that's speak, right. right. Yeah. So um, seeing how everyone reacted to that and seeing how our technology is impacting so many has really made me more energetic. And I've never been more excited to work at FPE yep. than I have since seeing that. Um, but my journey, like you said, I mean, I, I really, uh, I, I came, <laughs> I, I should say I started from the bottom. Obviously, the reason that I'm at FPE is because of my family, but yep. I really was able to see every aspect of the business. And now in this role as president, it lets me understand how they all handshake with each other. Our outside salespeople, you know, our harp on our client care, customer service people to get answers quick. I understand what it's be, it is to be like on that side of the customer service when you're trying to get answers on the phone and the salesperson's out on the road and it's about to walk into the customer and need something. So understanding how those handshake to create that kind of symbiotic relationship, Absolutely. the journey that I went on kind of you know, got me into that space. I would have yep. never known had I just been in sales and then took over as president. I wouldn't know how the oars in the water work, you know, how to keep everything afloat. What do you mean you can't get it done? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, you understand the, the challenges yeah. that go into that. Yeah, and I, maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the record, but, you know, I know what happens if, if I don't show up for work and things usually operate business as usual. But if all the people who are doing all these tasks every Absolutely. day don't show up, things aren't going to run the same. Yeah. So everybody's important. Everything in our business is important and understanding how those things work together and getting the best out of people. That's what excites me the most about this. And I guess also being able to build my own team. Um, as I mentioned in my speech, we're extremely fortunate 
uh, to have long tenured employees at FPE. We yep. expect when we hire people, we expect them to retire with us. And that's kind of right. resonates up down. If you go through our office right now, you'll see 33 years, 37 years, 17 years, nine years, and it's all ages and demographics. That doesn't happen by mistake. No, it doesn't. And it's a testament to not only the, the people, but it's also the testament to the kind of culture we bring. So being able to bring that next generation of people that I want to retire with alongside me, like you mentioned, I'm younger. So I'm going to be working alongside these people for a long time. So bringing in people that have that same positive mental attitude and the big, you know, I didn't mention it in my speech, but the big thing that I harp to my entire team is that there's only two things really that you can control and that's your attitude and your activity. Yep. And as long as your attitude's good and you're ramping up that activity and doing everything you can, good things tend to result. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I circle back to is that I'm in this unique position being younger in the position I'm in, but I'm also setting the stage for the balance of my career. Yeah. And it's, it's an exciting time to be doing that. We're here at Enclave, so metacognition, yeah. thinking about how you're thinking, all those yeah. kind of things. What's something that you've learned about yourself, you know, uh, really about anything, just, you know, spending time here and spending, breaking away from the business just for a second sure. to kind of think about yourself a bit? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is is something I've been realizing lately is I would often, the way I compared or how our, our performance or how we were doing as a company would be to other companies just like ours, right? Yep. So you could do that whether by sales revenue or, oh, they landed a big deal or, oh, this. But there's other ways to judge yourself and other criteria that are right. important. And I talked about it tonight, but stepping outside of that and outside of the box to, in order to look internally better and more efficiently, I think has been really big for me. Yep. Um, talking to people in different industries that have nothing to do with industrial automation or distribution and seeing how they're successful and applying it to what we do. Uh, I'll be real candid. You know, there's been a lot of instances where I can go negative real quick and say, oh man, this person's coming in. This means this, 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 and this. These are all the negative consequences that could could come from that. But the thinking about thinking portion allows me to stop before I go negative, mm -hmm. take all those negative things I might've lined up as potential consequences of what could go wrong and figure out what the positive spin out is it and channeling that energy towards it because no, no. that stuff's infectious right whether yep. it's positive or negative so if i come in all angry competitor moves into town and they poach in on one of our accounts and i get all angry and pissed off and people feel that negative energy yep. but if i say hey this is a great opportunity for us to really show why they bought from us in the first place yep or why they do business with fp in the first place so recirculating that negative energy and making it positive. That's something I've learned about myself because I, I could go negative quick. I, I, I've been known to have a bit of a temper. Yeah. So taking that extra step or that extra couple breaths, thinking about the situation, assessing it, analyzing what the best outcome really is, and then channeling that instead. Folks don't think about emotions as like a data point. Yeah. But to your point, it's not even, and I agree with you, like you got to kind of like be aware of that negativity for a second and yeah. then kind of say, okay, right in this moment, let's you know bring this as positive. But just having awareness around the way that you're feeling as, as a result of what's going on yeah. is good information for you, yeah. right? And that's good stuff to reflect on later because that is happening for a reason. Yeah, right. And so when you kind of go deep and, and un unpack that stuff, that's the stuff that that I've learned here about myself where, where I really, I feel like grown oh, as a yeah. professional and as a human being, frankly. Totally. Because um, you can just kind of unpack that and you're like, oh yeah, like I don't need to feel bad about that. It's just, this is happening yeah. and what does it mean? Yeah. And, and in my industry specifically, it's been a certain way for such a long period of time. And there's been people embedded in the industry for such a long period of time that it's kind of hard to veer from that path. But I think you're seeing a newer generation of people that think about things differently, think about their feelings and their thoughts differently. Yep. And there's ways to channel that, like you said, into yep. good and thinking about what you're feeling and realizing why you're thinking or feeling that way is a good way to come up with a plan to get better 
and, and grow. So yeah, that's yeah. been huge for me. I mean, just being younger and trying to learn on the fly when you get promoted to president out of nowhere via email. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. You, you got to be quick to learn. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think as we said, we could go on and on Joey. Yeah. Um, seriously, thank you for your energy tonight and for, um, you know, just, just coming and being part of the community. And I look forward to uh, following your business because I know good things are coming. I appreciate it. I'm really glad to be a part of it and really thrilled I was asked to be here. Thanks, man. Thanks, Scott. Hopefully the excitement and energy that we felt here tonight was also felt by you. With the past few years being what they have been, it's important we continue to seek out opportunities to solve big problems with the same enthusiasm as Joey and his team at FPE Automation continue to deliver. Please join us on the third Wednesday of every month for a masterclass in metacognition. For more information, visit EnclaveForEntrepreneurs.com. Thanks for listening.